Deep Podcast with myself, Jeremy, and the one and only Corey Haynes. Yo, As yo. As he pops a LaCroix. That's right. It's not a beer. It was LaCroix. Not a beer. It's LaCroix. <laughs> a pink one, too. Passion fruit. Passion fruit? Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? Um, someone is saying uh, LaCroix is like the modern day beer now. Like It's just like everyone's switching to hard, hard seltzer or just seltzer in general. This is not hard, obviously, but uh, just throwing back. It's my my drink of choice these days. Yeah, I get down with LaCroix. I like them a lot. Ooh, you spilled a little bit, buddy. It's fine. It's cool. I can manage. Well, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm tired, and I feel like it's been a while since we've been together. I know. But now we're back. Now we're so back. I'll be doing well, yes. Good. Yeah, it was a crazy couple of weeks before uh, I left to vacation or a crazy week, I should say, uh, getting Monique's little retail spot open in local niche for anyone who's interested. check it out. That's right. Trickcraft Handmade now in UTC Mall in local niche. Um, that was a lot of work. That's probably the, the handiest I've been. I was going to ask you, did you uh, <laughs> hang up all that stuff? Yeah, dude. I mean, we made it work. We painted. Uh, we drilled in sort of like these um, wood panels into the side to give it a little bit of style. And you did that. Yeah, I, I did it. Um, put oh. together furniture. You could have um, called me in, Corey. I, I know. Could have called in the big guns, but I uh, wanted to see how, you know, yeah, how far I could get to myself. Like, what's the word? Um, I guess be the man, you know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I've never been very handy. And uh, I was like, you know what? This feels like it's just challenging enough for me to like do, but it's, it's, it's do- still pretty. It's it's, yeah, it's doable. It's easy. How many like problems came up that you YouTubed? Uh, probably about three or four. There wasn't too many. Um, but the biggest problem was there was like the main wall that she's on is Mm -hmm. like this. I don't even know what material it it is, but it's not, it's like a linoleum almost. And we didn't know how thick it was. And so when, when we wanted to drill the wood panels into that wall Mm -hmm. to kind of give it some style and personality, we didn't know like how thick it was. And, uh, so I had these, I don't know, like inch long screws and as soon as I started to drill them in, I mean, they only got like halfway in to take them out. We had to use shorter ones. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure if that was going to actually like stick on the wall. Yeah. Uh, had to really kind of like hammer it in with the drill. Uh, thank goodness her, her dad, Sam, came through the clutch and had like a fancy drill that had kind of like a hammering function that yes. pushes it in a little bit. Makita? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I couldn't tell you. Probably. Hopefully but, it wasn't uh, DeWalt because DeWalt is trash. I don't think so. No. It was, uh, yeah, it was really fancy. So yeah, it felt good though. I, I had a lot of fun to be honest. I mean, it was really stressful. It was very last minute kind of getting it all together. We found out like three days before that we needed to be done two days before. So then it was just like this giant scramble, mm-hmm. um, to get things in place and get all the inventory loaded to finish, you know, the actual kind of mm-hmm. retail space you had. But I think it turned out really well and I'm proud of my handiwork. That's cool. Yeah. I, uh, couple weeks ago we moved someone super last minute this guy called us and was like hey like do you guys do moving and i was like wait what yeah <laughs> some guy like, found us <laughs> on, right, go- yeah, on google so i was super excited and uh, we like, came through and did it really last minute and part of what we did was like dismounting and, and then remounting like shelves and tvs um and i've like, done a bunch of those but when you're doing it like for someone else oh, or, like where people can see it scary. it's like kind of the pressure's on you know oh yeah so uh, and it was one of those like mounts. Some of them are like rectang- or like square shaped the back, and some are like vertical, you know. And mm. the back of this one was vertical, so it's a little bit harder to get right. Um, but it was nice. It came through. Nice. So I was glad. The the hardest part was 
the wall went up 10 feet. Uh-huh. And so I had to get on a ladder, like almost onto like the, to the top one and then like lean over with Put in. the drill and try to hammer in these screws while holding a piece of wood. <laughs> that was hard. That was really hard that it had to, that's where I came with the YouTube of like, and then I had to be in like the corner too. She has like a corner yeah. spot. It was like perfect storm of all the things that we had to get all level too, right? I had to get all level. Yeah. Nothing's perfectly level. I'll admit that, hmm. but it's level enough. Okay. Things well, stay well, on too. Um, like yeah. she's happy with it. Yeah. Actually the main thing was that the, the wood panels that we bought weren't perfectly, uh, even yeah. or square or rectangular, I guess. And so it actually kind of naturally mm-hmm. like goes up to the right a little bit, but only by like an inch or half an inch at the most. So, well, I'll go check it out and, uh, write you, a little, <laughs> you can critique yeah. my, my work. <laughs> Just kidding. That's cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that launched and then Friday we left to Denver for a little birthday trip vacation and, uh, spent a week over in Colorado through Denver, uh, Estes park and Breckenridge and then kind of made a loop back up. That's cool. Uh, through Garden of the Gods and, and Denver to leave. And so just got back a couple of days ago. I've never been. I've wanted to go for a while. It's, I mean, it's really nice. It's great. I think actually our favorite spot was probably Breckenridge um, and the Highland area up in Denver, which is kind of like the, I don't know, like the North Park, Little Italy of yeah. of San Diego. Um, Estes Park was great too, but there's not a lot to do in the park. Although we did see a lot of elk. That was really cool. Just like literally walking right past us. That's cool. Um, but yeah, we were like, I don't know if we'd travel to Denver again. Mm-hmm. I think we'd travel to Breckenridge. We'd maybe live in Denver, but it's not like a destination, yeah. you know? Yeah. We had a cruise booked um, for mid-November. We booked it in, I think in April. So we got, I think it was like 60, 60% oh. off, good price. And we were like, yeah, for sure. Like we'll be cruising by then, you know? And um, it just got canceled. So ah. um, we're bummed, obviously. I'm not surprised. But uh, yeah. we can either like reschedule it or we get all of our money back. So I'm not sure. We we'll probably will reschedule it. But instead, we want to do like a little like inexpensive vacation. So mm. uh, Connie's dad just got like a pretty, pretty big, like nice RV. Oh, so that's right. Uh, we're thinking of doing like a little road trip. You know? Do it, man. Yeah, something fairly inexpensive and just. Next place on my list is Yellowstone. I really want to go to Yellowstone. Yeah, so I forget what it's called, but there's some like there's some trip going around that people are talking about. It's like all like you go basically do like park hopping. So you go like to big, mm. like, you know, na- uh, parks and you do hikes and all that good stuff. So yeah, Yellowstone will be one of them and all that. So that'd be cool. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. So we'll probably do that. Bring the pups. Noise. That's right. The pups got to be included. We were also talking about that. Well, we need, we need to bring Remy in the next one, mm-hmm. figure out a way. He's so fragile, though. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, oh, make man. sure you have uh, your vet on speed dial. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I need to find like vets along the way just in case. We need to take a little detour. That's funny. Anyways, um, probably, I mean, well, it only comes around once every four years, but I wanted to talk about politics, which is not yeah, the let's usual. Get political. Let's, let's get it. political. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it, the you know the election has been sort of a forcing function but uh, I kind of like when I was in high school, I think I was pretty like well educated and in the know just because of my dad. And then after that, I just like did not care at all and I had no interest. Now with the election, I'm, like pretty interested and like kind of not like fired up about it, but um, I want to be informed and I care about it and I like to think about it. So, anyways, 
regardless of that, I thought that it would be good for us to talk about politics and maybe do like a kind of two-part series mm-hmm. leading up to the election on November 3rd, which the next episode will, will drop on that day to let people know what we think, what are the major issues, not to be like a all-encompassing sort of here's all information you need to know, but here's just enough and here are some of the principles for how to think about it that will help you inform your vote. Um, and definitely to go vote. And that's a huge part of democracy. And I think a lot of people don't vote because they don't know. But well, I think that this hopefully will give people enough information. If they don't feel like they do, then at least they'll have enough to go vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I found myself a couple months ago feeling um, kind of anxious about like the election and kind of what's at stake and what's going on. And like, uh, I think without doing any for anyone, right, without doing any like digging or like research for yourself, like on a surface level, um, you kind of can like look at the two candidates, look at both sides, Democratic, Republican, and they're, I think, I, I don't remember any other time where it was like this different, right? This like oh, separate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty drastic. And I, I just was thinking like, man, like uh, this is kind of just discouraging, right? I mean, you think of uh, my mind quickly goes to all the negative, all the bad things or all, all like how will our lives be affected if certain things uh, fall into place? And I think anytime I... I take a step back and start reading about the issues and kind of learning about it, educating myself. Uh, I instantly feel a little bit better. Right. And even like kind of what we're going to talk about, but like remembering like the proper order of how things should work mm. um, with kind of like viewing just kind of politics and with our faith and our beliefs and just, and then, th- and then the issues at hand, like when you kind of put those in the right order and then you educate yourself, I think it changes, it should change how you feel about it. So yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people listening to this are feeling like those anxious thoughts are kind of feeling like, man, like up to November 3rd, it's going to be a big, like it's going to be a big night. You know, <laughs> I've yeah. been feeling like, man, yeah. I can't wait for it just to kind of be here. so I can know what's going on. Um, but you know, another thing someone said to me a couple of months ago, uh, I was asking I, who was some guy who he was older in his, in his fifties. I was asking him like his thoughts and how he was feeling and if he was like worried or whatever. And he was like, Nope, I'm not worried. And I, he was like, just very calm. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know, he was like, we, we have had elections somewhat like this in the past. And everyone says this is the biggest one and the, the most at stake. And uh, he, he said he thinks that's probably true, but there have been like very important elections in the past. And he said the reality is like um, leading up to an election is all the news, all the drama. And you think like so much is going to change so quickly. But the reality is like when someone goes into office, like stuff takes time. So it's not like an yeah. instant, just like, overnight, the whole world changes. So I think it's important to remember too, like, you know, no need to freak out. No need to, no need to be worried, but um, educate yourself, learn and have the proper order of how things should be. So. Yeah. A hundred percent. I have a lot of thoughts because of those types of conversations. Like I've been a little bit forced through conversations with friends and family. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean a lot of it, I think just personally, some things to keep in mind is one, the president does not have as much power as most think, people yeah. think they have a lot of influence. And I think above all else, like they have a lot of leadership and that does count for something, but ultimately they're not the ones that are making up new laws and are pushing things forward. Like they're sort of, uh, influencing and they're saying, Hey, here's what we should do. Yeah, or here's what all, I propose. Like the federal side. And then we have the state level, which is right. where most of our lives will be affected. Yeah. And, um, but also, like you said, I mean, um, there's not that much to worry about because, uh, it's sort of a dichotomy a little bit like every election is 
not as important as people think and is the most important. Like every next election is the most important because it's the next one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how could you not think that the next election is the most important? Like it determines which direction you go or which way you sway. But ultimately once it's passed, like then the next election is the most important and mm -hmm. it's sort of in the past now. Uh, and also again, keep in mind that God is in control and it shouldn't be a matter of winning or losing, but rather is God's will coming into fruition or not? Uh, ultimately it will, but, uh, it's just a matter of when essentially mm -hmm. and, uh, and to keep that in mind. So I want to touch on something really quick because one of the, one of the issues I think that honestly, maybe even Christians struggle with more is sort of the order of operations of how to think about politics and where it fits in. Um, because when we see most people, I think treat politics as like kind of the highest thing and they forget that, that you have faith, uh, ahead of that. And even ahead of politics is what I would say is values. So like, what do you get out of your faith or your religion? And it's a set of virtues and values and what we live by, yeah. beliefs and principles. And then that dictates your policies. So mm -hmm. we should see it as, okay, here's my faith first. And that determines my values and that determines the policies and laws. And then that determines sort of the culture and helps shapes the culture. How most people see it is, uh, you know, culture first, like, here's who we are, here's what we want. So that determines the policies and we change it to define our, or to, to fit with our culture, which, you know, defines the values that we hold true, which defines what kind of faith you have, which doesn't really make sense. But even then, I think most people would put policies and laws before values and faith, mm -hmm. at least the way that they talk about it, right? But you have to remember sort of the, the order of operations there that your faith determines your values, which determines the policies and laws that come into effect. Uh, which ultimately determine the culture. Um, and the other thing, so here's something that's been top of mind for me, is that when you think about politics and laws and the government, like I think that most people get really fired up about it because, um, or they get really extreme about it because they want to fix every single problem out there. And we have to accept that not every problem is going to be fixed. In fact, we are broken people living in a very broken world with an absolutely broken government to a large degree. And also it's never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. As long as there are broken people who are politicians, like there is going to be broken laws and broken government. So we can't be idealistic in expecting that we're going to get too perfect. We have our goal should be to get as close as possible. Similar to how, you know, our goal as Christians is not to be perfect it's to be like Christ and to, to strive for that goal, knowing that we'll never achieve it in this life. The other thing is that um, some problems are more important than others, right? So if we can't solve every problem that we need to, that we need to prioritize in order of importance and the fact of the matter that there are some issues that are more important than others, and that should also sway the way that we view politics and the way that we vote, especially. Yeah, I think that's an important one. I think that like understanding that takes a little bit of pressure off because um, like when all balls are up in the air and everything is trying to be like hammered down and fixed at one time, um, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress and is, is an easy way to feel either discouraged or overwhelmed with kind of the, the current state. Um, so I think it's a super good point that um, like remember some problems are more important than others and that's okay. I think it's like... Yeah kind of choosing which battle to fight on most right so it's like hard not to want to win every battle 
um, or to like treat things more important than others. But um, that, that isn't a, re- a reality that has to be remembered. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's which battle do you want to win right now, knowing that there is a war going on. And so you can't win all the battles. Which are you going to win? And in what order do you want to win those battles? Which hills do you want to take? Which hills would you rather die on? I mean, yeah, like think about like the debates. If you've like watched any of them, oh, uh, just talking have about, you watched any of them yet or no? Uh, I watched bits and pieces, gotcha. kind of the highlights. Um, I watched, uh, there's been two so far, right? Yeah. Yes. I watched both. Um, but it's like topic after topic. Like there's so many questions of like, how do you do this? How do you handle that? And like, they both think they have the perfect answer or plan or whatever, right. which they don't, but they think that. And it's, um, uh, again, there's so many like problems that they're faced with. And so, yeah, the reality is like, some are more important than others, right? And some are going to be figured out. And some probably won't. So you have to remember that. Yeah. So the reason why I thought about this too was that I've been really struggling. I'm going to kind of let the cat out of the bag here, but uh, I don't really like Trump, to be honest. I also don't like Biden. You made a comment earlier that, you know, people say like, oh, this is the worst it's mm-hmm. ever been. Honestly, I think the last election between Trump and As Hillary we were Clinton, talking, I was thinking. I was thinking about. I think that, that was like really, that really critical. Felt like high stakes, yeah. I mean, to be honest, uh, I mean, I, I definitely, again, according to my values and my faith, I think Donald Trump is more aligned. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he's a good guy, or I don't really like him as a person. To be honest, I think he's questionable at best. But I mean, at the same time, too, I don't think that Joe Biden is an evil person. I kind of think he's a creep, but I also don't think he's the worst mm-hmm. option out there. Uh, if I had to choose personally between Biden and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, let's just say, for example, the last three major candidates, I would choose Joe Biden because I think he's the the lesser evil of them. Now, I don't think that's a great way to vote, but the reason why I bring that up is because I was thinking, well, what would ultimately, why do I vote for Donald Trump? Um, and it's ultimately because, to be honest, I mean, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the most pro-choice, pro-abortion mm-hmm. uh, candidacy sort of that's ever been. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even ahead of Hillary Clinton Hillary, yeah. um, and just what they're proposing, their history. Uh, and that scares me a lot. And I think that if there was one issue, again, which hill would I rather die on? Like which battle am I fighting? What's the most important issue to me? I think that abortion is it, to be honest. When it comes down to millions of babies' lives, generations from now, that's a really big issue. And I would much rather have higher taxes, um, same-sex marriage, um, I don't know, billions of dollars wasted on government, like uh, trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. Like, I don't care, as long as there's abortion. Then we can figure out those those other things, right? Um, But to me, that's like the cornerstone kind of issue now, from that, it's been shown that most people who are pro-life end up being on the other side of, you know, uh, lower taxes and small government, et cetera. So it's a good, mm-hmm. I would say, just kind of like heuristic overall. But that's what really what came to mind for me was like, okay, if there are more important topics, there are more important issues, what's the most important one? And that should ultimately be kind of what you should vote on, I think. Yeah. I, well, I think a couple things. Uh, I think that what you said about um, Donald Trump is, is fair. Like, I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Like, if, if with our or with your values, right, like, you are more on, like, that side of things, right? So that's probably where your vote's going to lie. 
Um, but like, you don't think he's that great of a dude. And I think most people would probably agree with that. And if not, it's fine, but that's like a fair thing to, to guess. Um, I would say like maybe you don't have to win just one battle, you know, like you're, you're saying like abortion is the one thing. So if I can just win that one thing then like, okay, you know, I'll, I'm okay with what happens with these other outcomes. And I would say like maybe pick a few more outcomes to like fight for, you know? No, um, I, would, I know 100%. you are, I know you're saying, yeah. but that's kind of where my mind goes. I think like for me, at least like, I think abortion's the biggest one. Then next to it is um, like just government control. And so I, we know that Biden um, is on that side of um, being pro-choice. And then he, again, higher taxes, more control, more regulation. And Pence and Trump are on the side of um, obviously being pro-life and then being less government, less regulation. So for me, that's like a, I want that, right? I want, I want to remain free. I want to remain, yeah. that's, you know, a big reason why we're here. So, um, Again, so many problems to face, but I think for me, those are the two that my mind goes to. Yeah. The reason why I bring that up is because I think if you like ranked all of the issues and then you compared, uh, I mean, if you really, so let's just say the, the reason why I think this is a good thought experiment is because let's just say there were no political parties and everyone was democratic. Let's just say it was, or was in, would vote or uh, Democrats would vote for, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Who would you vote for and why? Well, you would probably pick the person with the best sort of uh, or most moderate um, stances on issues, but you'd also probably single out the one issue that would mm. mean the most to you, something like, like what if there was one Democratic candidate who was pro-life? I would probably choose them if I had to choose out of any of the, the issues out there. Same thing with Republican candidates. Well, if they're all us equal, um, what do they care about the most? Well, I'd probably choose the one who is more, most pro-life simply because that's the most important issue to me. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't be the only thing. But if it came down to it, I think that it's a useful kind mm-hmm. of heuristic to choose someone. Yeah. Um, and But the other thing I wanted to mention was that you know, when we're talking about politics, I think this is the other reason why the kind of order of operations of thinking is important because if you viewed politics as like the top or like the first kind of lens that you view the world through, then everything becomes very binary. But if faith and values was the first thing that you viewed the world through, I think that most of us would actually agree on most things. Like we all are basically in support of the same common virtues of uh, of freedom, of uh, of happiness, right? The life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like we can all agree on that. It's more how that gets done and the ways that we hold those values up that are in debate. But I think that most people view politics as like, well, you're evil and I'm good and you're wrong and I'm right. When in reality, they're both policies or both laws are different expressions of the same common virtue. And when you kind of boil it down to that, then you can understand the other side. You can have a more unbiased view. You can not just vote for one party or the other just by default, but you can actually choose and be selective and sort of reason why you should vote for someone. Um, and cause that bugs me about a way that a lot of people think, I mean, they'll even, I, I think that, again, I mentioned that because I think Christians can fall into this sometimes is that they view the other side as the enemy, 
you know, they'll slander them, make fun of them. Um, they'll, you know, discredit them. Like, no, like they're, they'll wish harm upon them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's crazy. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And like, these are real life people. Do you really think that change in their mind is the way they're going to change their mind is by being mean to them? Like, no, (laughs) or like making fun of them or like dehumanizing. Like, no. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to, to bring that up as like kind of foundational for how to think about politics. Yeah. I wanted to go back to what you said about, um, kind of like the order of how things should be. I think like, um, I saw on Twitter, someone posted, he said, um, he said, where, where does your peace come from? And he said, hint, not, not here, like right. Not on social media. Mm. And I was kind of thinking about that. Like, uh, when I read that too, it was in the morning. Um, and so I was like, just waking up and starting my day. And I was like, why am I on this? Like, <laughs> I was like feeling stressed out, seeing all this p- political stuff and kind of feeling worried. And so I instantly got off it and was like, whatever. But, um, you know, I think like kind of going back to the order of things, like it's, it's, you're talking about the side of like, this should be our framework of how we're voting and how we're um, like making certain choices from like a political side. But I think also like having the proper order really helps like being stable. It helps with hmm. like just being consistent and being um, just like confident and joyful in, uh, for the day and not being afraid to face the day, not being worried. Um, you know, when you have the correct order of things, like uh, that means things are more in aligned. And so if, if the, election does not go quote unquote like your way right if it goes different than what you would hope for then like that's okay because you have the proper order of how things should be your outlook on the world what what you're seeing happening is you have the proper framework you have the good a good base and so yeah doesn't it matters what happens but it's not going to ruin you it's not going to shake you right you're gonna you will be okay so Mm -hmm. there's that side of it too that i wanted to, to highlight yeah there's um something that was mentioned at home group a while back um at foothills was we were talking about, it doesn't even matter what the topic was, but basically what came up was that actually the way that you view the world and the future matters a lot for how you act in the present. It, and that being, if you hold kind of like a doomsday attitude of like, well, the world's going to go to hell anyways and the country's going to fall apart, world's going to fall apart, then, you know, then the rapture's going to come then like, I don't know, how do you like live like that? You're just like waiting for things to implode and just for things to be destroyed. The other side of that is that what if you believe that the world should actually get more godly and the kingdom of heaven should come down to earth and be established on earth and become more like Christ over time? Well, then you have a more hopeful view of the world. And instead of looking at every election as like, this is the end, then you look at it as either a setback or we look at, at it as an opportunity to establish God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't stand the doomsday attitude at all. Like I just, I, I can't tolerate it. And yeah, um, I'm not around a lot of people that have that attitude. Thankfully. I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, without putting myself in, in too much heat, it's a certain generation I've noticed that tends to have more of a doomsday attitude. Uh, but I'm not about it. And I think that, Again, that if you have that view, then you're going to vote differently. You're going to act differently. You're going to speak differently. And personally, I think that the right attitude is to have a very hopeful attitude mm. towards the future of America. Yeah, I agree. In the world. Mm-hmm. America is not the end-all, be-all. It's uh, maybe not as great as most people think. Okay. I wanted to cover, we're going to couple of cu- a couple of the major issues, and then we'll spend probably the next episode going over the rest, the, yeah, the, the rest of them, the majority of them. Um, but one of the things I just want to mention right off the bat is that 
one of the big overarching themes and kind of principles I've noticed is uh, that government funds and influence and policies should be used to subsidize and incentivize good behavior rather than to create and provide. Bingo. Bingo. If there's nothing else when, that you remembered. Uh, yeah, we talked about this, right? But when uh, COVID hit and it had all those like, business relief funds, all that stuff, remember we talked about, I was kind of saying like, I yeah. don't know how I feel about this, right? Like I'm down with some free money, right? I'm down to like, <laughs> you know, get what I can. But at the same time, like, I just, I f- it felt weird to like, why, why is the government just bailing everyone out? Why is, right. why are they creating these funds and providing these, these stimulus checks, all these things where it's kind of like, I think as people, we should have been prepared for this kind of thing, right? Mm. But at the same time, like, I don't know. This is, again, on that issue, right? Like, it shouldn't be to create and provide, but to subsidize and to incentivize. Absolutely. We'll get into the spending portion, um, but it's interesting to bring that up because I think actually for small businesses and for individuals, I think it's actually a great use of money for, mm-hmm. for government because keeps the economy up. It keeps mm-hmm. people alive, keeps them out of bankruptcy, keeps food on the tables. Uh, and the alternative is that what, like everyone goes bankrupt and then mm-hmm. everyone defaults. And then like, that would just be like a massive mm-hmm. vicious cycle. But it's when the government says, you know, Hey, by the way, like we'll take care of this for you instead of, Hey, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. That I think that people get in trouble yeah. um, or we'll take a very definitive stance. So one of the first, and this is kind of the perfect example here, but, uh, abortion, I wanted to bring that up one first because I do believe that's the most important issue. Uh, I feel crazy even saying this, but like killing babies is a murder. I don't think that needs to be, uh, needs to be said, but I will say some of the counter arguments are like, well, what about, you know, edge cases like rape or incest or genetic disorders or diseases? Um, I'm sorry, but those are still not reasons yeah. to murder someone. Like everyone deserves a chance at life. Uh, and it's, if you read into it, I mean, it's a very slippery slope into eugenics, which was part of the Holocaust and uh, white supremacy, race, IQ, economic standing. Like once you say that, um, you know, rape, incest, et cetera, are reasons to abort, then why not uh, race, IQ or economic standing? Like it's just, they're not that different. And so you have to have a very, I mean, it's one of those things, a very binary view on what it is. Um, but yeah, anyways, I mean, Congress, the administration should reject all pro-abortion policies. Uh, anyone, I mean, it's, it's very simple if you just look at someone and say, are they pro-life? Or are they pro-choice? Um, even, I think, Planned Parenthood, I think that there should not be more support and use of tax dollars for the abortion industry. Um, and But I think also this is actually one of the things where I think that the president has a lot of influence because it's related to the Supreme Court as well in that uh, I think the president and the administration should be pro-life and should use their influence uh, to get rid of any pro-abortion laws and policies. Okay, so I have a honest thought Okay, that I'm going to be open and Hit just me. put it out there. And this is a, a big topic. So I was thinking about this earlier. Obviously, I am not for abortion. I, I agree it's murder. I'm not with it. But um, I was... Kind of, I was trying to have a neutral, like, I was trying to think about this topic in, like a, in a neutral way. So I was trying to think, okay, what if I was okay. like a non-believer and um, I had a little bit more, like, liberal uh, worldviews and whatnot, and maybe I was a woman, 
and I was kind of thinking like, what happened if I was raped? What happened if for some reason I had this baby that was going to endanger my health, whatever it was. And I, I guess my thought, is, my thought is this, if I am for like less regulation, less government, then like, can't you see the argument for why someone would want like abortion, you know, because I mean, if the government is saying, if we're saying like, don't fund abortions that make them illegal, whatever it is, like limit them so we can't get them. Like that is more government control. That is more regulation. So, um, I'm kind of playing devil, devil's advocate here, but do you get where I'm, where I'm going with this? I think I so. I had this thought. And so I was kind of like, mm, this is a weird one. Like my point is I could see why people would be voting for someone that is, um, uh, for abortion, like I, I, I understand. I think I could see that view. I don't agree with it, but I'm, mm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of there that I understand it. I guess in the sense that because it's, it's more regulation. It's it's limiting the rights of women, what they can do with their bodies. Like, hmm. you know what I'm saying? I think so. And I just um, want to be very clear. Like, this is a, I'm not saying this is what I believe. <laughs> this is just like a thought yeah. that I had that yeah. I wanted to talk about with someone. So, I think if if anything, I think that's true, but only true because. There has been historical uh, government intervention, intervention and support for abortion. Like beforehand, people didn't never thought about aborting, and it was only when it became an option that it had to be outlawed, and then it was overturned, and now it's legal again. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to use government intervention to reduce government interve- intervention. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. But. If anything, I mean, I again, looking back at like the order of operations here, I, I think that despite sort of the way that you look at it or justify it, um, mm-hmm. someone's life will always come above good, yeah. someone's order, choice yeah. or freedom, mm-hmm. you know, so, or quote unquote freedom, rights, however you want to call that. <laughs> um, one of the other ones, big ones is healthcare. And I'm actually curious what you think about this one, but um, I wanted to get just like a really quick kind of history because... When I learned about this, this really changed my perspective on it. But in general, we can all agree that healthcare is really expensive and it's a little bit crazy and the system is whack. Everyone, that's why people on both sides either want, uh, either want centralized healthcare, government-sponsored healthcare, or they want um, very individual uh, capitalistic market, both for the same reason, right? So quick history lesson, right after World War II, uh, the government be- began giving tax breaks to those who got health care through their employer. So then employer-sponsored or, or employer-organized uh, health care became sort of the default because then the businesses got more of a tax break. In the long run, though, these kind of group plans got more and more expensive and were easier to monopolize. And then with the creation of Medicare and Medicaid, uh, then the government programs sort of incentivized uh, and favored certain healthcare uh, providers and insurance providers. And then sort of the cherry on top was Obamacare, which was a huge push uh, to basically sort of regulate and favor certain programs. Um, And the result of all that, or the result of Obamacare was that in the first four years, uh, the average monthly premiums doubled um, and it went from, uh, it went up to $476 per person per month in the 39 states participating in Obamacare. Now, with that said, I think that, we, again, we can all agree that we want less expensive, better health care. And this is where it comes back to, again, we all agree on this. It's the same kind of common virtue. Now, what's the best way to go about this? 
Um, if you now, so I think most people would say, oh, Obamacare well, is bad, but why? Now, given the history lesson, I think there's kind of a clear pattern here of with more government intervention and regulation and sponsoring, healthcare got worse and more expensive. Now, one group would say, so we need to go all the way to completely government sponsored and, uh, and regulated healthcare. And the other side would say, we need to reverse everything that we've done. Um, it's interesting because I've actually been seeing a trend uh, of a lot of businesses led by very liberal people who are switching to basically a healthcare stipend hmm. for people to buy individual healthcare Themselves. plans. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because I don't think they even know kind of what they're doing, right? But uh, but the the principle there being that health insurance is expensive because healthcare is expensive because the government is paying for it, regulating it, and creating misaligned incentives between sort of the the value chain of healthcare. Um, but I was curious on what your thought was on it and like what to do and how to think about it. Um as a as an employer <laughs> so i yeah it's funny so i uh I, I can't disclose all the details but um my my dad has more obviously a lot more employees employees than i do <laughs> he has like at this point i think over 140 130 employees so good mm-hmm. amount and they need they have to provide health care to their employees we ha- they have to pro- provide them with an option for it, right and so the employee has to pay into it all to say the the plans are so expensive for the employees that uh, the majority of the pe- people that work for for his company at least, uh, have opted out of it. They basically hmm. pr- do it privately yeah. because it's so expensive. Yeah. And the more and more people that I talk to that own businesses or whatever, that is the case in most situations because it's so expensive. And I, I've always, at least growing up, I always kind of feel like, how can I? Uh, this might be bad, but I kind of thought, how can I make the most money possible and like spend the least amount, basically whatever, right. like on expenses and whatnot. And once I got my business, I'm not sure why, but my mindset has changed a lot. Like with my employees, and my people, like I really want to pay them well. I want to bless them. I want them to like love where they work and I want um, them to be well compensated. And so I guess I'm building this team. Like, yeah, I want to have some ability to provide, you know, benefits and have a good structure for them. But like, what what does that look like? I think the stipend is a good idea. Is it specifically like a medical stipend, or is it just like a monthly stipend they can use for whatever? It's a stipend for people to buy independent, uh, yeah, health health care, health care. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I haven't. I don't know anyone has said anything good about Obamacare or having one of those plans, and so. I guess my, my thoughts are I think that as an employee as an employer is a unique opportunity to be able to provide for people and their families. So mm-hmm. if there's a way to remain uh, to still hit like uh, uh, profit goals and to still function as a business but still provide these packages to your employees, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, my that previous ma- employer that makes sense, you know. Yeah, my previous employer, Barometrics, uh, Josh, CEO there, was posting on Twitter about it because this year the premiums were going up 50%. And so he was looking for new providers and whatnot. Ended up fighting, finding a new one. But I think he said that he was still paying 36000 a year for a family of five. That's crazy. Which is in, an entire person's salary. That's if you're nuts. talking about like, you know, the, the property level. I, w- I won't, I mean, I think it's clear. 
Obamacare is not good. It's not helping. But the reason is because when you have less government uh, intervention and meddling and favoriting, then you have more competition for healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. And then people will have more choice, which makes lower costs at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And lower healthcare costs is ultimately going to lead to lower healthcare yeah. insurance premiums. Once you get that through your brain, I think it's pretty clear which way you should vote. Yeah. The one thing I'll say that's a little bit interesting and I'm not really sure how to think about it is is if healthcare companies should be for-profit businesses, nonprofit organizations or government organizations. I think it's pretty clear they shouldn't be government organizations, but I'm not really sure how to think about if they should be for-profit organizations or nonprofit organizations. Because the reason why is because health is such an easy thing to profit off someone who is about to die or who doesn't have any other options. Um, yeah, I hear you. I, I think like if it's not ran by the government, if it's like a private market, there's competition. Like there's always going to be companies driving down prices. Yeah. Um, because of the competition. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's an open-ended question. Who knows? Okay. Next topic, immigration. By the way, I grabbed all these topics literally off of like the, I don't know. I literally searched like big American issues and then there's like a website that just like lists a whole bunch of them and I chose sort of the big bucket kind of categories. I'm hearing a lot about. So I'm not cherry picking. Um, immigration, and we'll get through a whole bunch more. Uh, this one's interesting because I don't really understand the argument that a lot of people are making one way or the other. America is a nation of immigrants, like literally, like America is a nation of, you know, British, French, German, uh, Japanese, like everyone, you know, like there's no Mexican, um, there's no uh, like misrepresented people group in America. We're all just a kind of hodgepodge group of people. The issue with immigration is um, how should it be governed? What should be the laws and policies around it? Um, I don't, again, I I have a hard time really looking at the other side because one side is saying that we should, uh, make it, if if you really think about it, one side is saying that we should have more laws and more government influence through immigration. And one side is saying that they shouldn't. And you wouldn't, if, if you, if I just told you that, you wouldn't be able to guess which side is which because actually the more conservative side is, is advocating for more government policy and, and uh, influence. Whereas a more progressive side of things would argue for less, mm-hmm. which is a little bit backwards well, again, which is why I made that comment on the abortion, right? Of right. Being a bit backwards. Right. So How it, it typically is right. Exactly. But this is one of the things I think that's really important because, uh, if people are not coming into the country legally and not being integrated into society properly, then you have a big issue of, I mean, like literally lawlessness, people just coming in, flooding in, doing whatever they want, leaving and coming when they, when they want. Then you have big issues like terrorism, et cetera. And it's actually one of the big ones where I'm an advocate for more government intervention, quote unquote. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, we can all agree, okay, we, we need national security, public safety, 
no one is against immigration or emigration of people sort of assimilating into our country, but there has to be a lawful way of doing that and enforcing the laws so that people who do do it legally should not be punished or, um, you know, disincentivized to do things the legal way. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to go to the detail, details on it, but I think this one's actually a lot more clear than you would think. Uh, but also wanted to point out that if you really thought about what people are advocating for, it would be, it wouldn't fit the natural definition of conservative or progressive. Do you know anyone who is uh, in like the board patrol or law enforcement? A couple, um, you know, like removed, like not close. Mm, okay. um, this is one of the things that, that bothered me a little bit about Trump is that it became a very political, you know, oh, yeah. build the wall. Uh, that was like it back then, you know. Right. And um, dude, I haven't heard anything about the wall. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was going to ask you, did he finish it? Did I don't, know? I have no idea how yeah. it's going. I think the last thing I heard was that he was going to make Mexico pay for it. Um, even then, I will say, I, I do think that I see the other side, the other side, or I shouldn't say the other side. I see one side's opinion in that I don't think that we're doing a good job of encouraging immigration. One example being, for example, one of the current laws for how to get a visa. America is actually one of the hardest countries to get a visa in. Um, One of the reasons being that everyone wants a visa. So it just, you have to make it more competitive and, and difficult, but the current laws don't really make a lot of sense. For example, there's a lot of really, really smart, talented people in India. Um, and not just because they're Indian, but also because there's literally a lot of them. I think there's they're the second most populous group in the world. They're, there's over a billion of them. And the way that the current immigration is set up is that there is basically like a fixed number of visas for each country. I'm like way oversimplifying that, but that's kind of the, the paraphrase thought there. And so for India, like we're missing out on a lot of really, really smart, talented people to immigrate here. Is it the same amount for every country or is it different based off population? It's a little bit different, but it's not that different. Um, it's it's like not enough to make it's up. It's not enough. So basically like there's like a like a year's wait list to even like apply, apply or like get reviewed if you're coming from a place like India or China is also the same. Um, and that's a problem because then we're losing talent to places like Canada, which are really immigration friendly and there's a a growing big talent group of Indian immigrants who are doing great things for the country of Canada. So I see that side. I I don't like to be as like binary as like, no, build the wall and Mm -hmm. no, we should not like we are a nation of immigrants. We should be encouraging good talent and good lawful people to come here. Uh, And I think that there's some work to be done there. You know, Corey, you have, Surprised me sometimes <laughs> in, in the recent years. Do you want to know why? Please tell <laughs> As me. As you drink that pink LaCroix. Um, I don't even know how to put it into words. Not, not, not a bad way. I actually respect it because you challenged me to think differently. But uh, I don't know. I think you have a bit more open mindset than most people in our circle. Yeah. And I don't think it's in a bad way. If it was, I would tell you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Sometimes I'm like, eh, but. Overall, <laughs> overall, we're good. I would love to know what those things are. They're like, ah. I'm a lot of things I'm kind of ah, about, but I'm, I'm undecided. 
I don't know. I think there are well, I think that valid issues. You are different. And this is, I think what we're, what we're trying to get at, but I think you, like you think, yeah, right. Like you use your head and just kind of like, yeah, you kind of trying to get like the plot, the, the basis, right. Of the uh, correct order of your, how your thoughts should be right with faith and then politics. Um, but then like you're researching, you're learning, you're reading, you're asking questions. I think that's all good. I think it's good to think for yourself. Um, I think we should, we, more of us should do that. Yeah. yeah. I think actually one of the big things that I realized about myself, but also just think is like a, a really good principle is to always be in pursuit of the truth and that there are lies on every side. And so if you have that perspective of like, I just want to figure out what the best issue is and, or what the best solution is. And I know that there's going to be mm-hmm. flaws in all the sides, then you can be a little bit more objective, a little bit more unbiased. All right. I think moving on to our last, yeah, last topic point. of this episode. Okay. Religious freedom. Um, and this is an interesting one because uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Cause this is one of the ones where I'm like, ah, I don't really know. Like this, this is, this is a difficult one. Um, so one of the big applications of this issue is charges and allegations of discrimination, discrimination because of, uh, religion, but even going over to sexual orientation or identity as a whole. So the question being with very real tangible examples, should florists, photographers, bakers, etc., small business owners, people in general, be forced to provide Dude, services or products for same-sex weddings and celebrations that violate their religious beliefs. And, you know, insert any other opposing practice uh, that you want, you know, for same-sex marriage. It could be um, abortion. It could be uh, yeah, foods so, that people eat. It could be oh, things that they say, things that they wear. Now let's flip the question. Should a lesbian graphic designer or printer be forced to create a flyer for a religious group's rally opposing same-sex marriage, which is a really valid or kind of, you know, catch-22? In both cases, the answer should be no. Um, And so, but here's the thing. So when people talk about religious freedom, I think that a lot of people uh, don't realize the applications for themselves. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky for me because... I'm not exactly sure the applications of this for Christian, like America being a Christian nation. If you know what that means, if you kind of catch my drift there. Um, So it covers all people equally, Christians, Jews, Muslims, agnostics, uh, atheists, right? Um, We are a people of immigrants. We're also, if religious freedom is one of our values and not, Christian values, then can we be, I don't know, picky and choosy about <laughs> which religions we want to allow and favor and, and not oh, along the lines of my abortion question, huh? Right. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Well, for just this to one. be clear, when you said in both cases, the answer should be no. What are you saying? I'm saying so like so, that a service provider should not, you're saying we should not provide it for someone? Is that what you're saying? They should not be forced to. Forced to. Okay. Forced to. Got yeah. It. So then, got it. Okay. Yeah. Here's, here's one of the other interesting things. So, uh, again, on Twitter, seen a, a lot of liberal, uh, progressive business owners talking about how they love 
uh, voting with their dollars and not supporting businesses or not subscribing to products that um, where the people in it have opposing views Mm -hmm. or opposing values. And if you flip that around, well, same, why would people get mad if they're not supporting you for what you believe, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a two-way street there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay, so I can relate to this one because we've uh, had to do, we've had the option to do a few weddings that are same sex for event business. So uh, honestly, I don't know the like right answer to the question, right? When like, so should I provide my rentals to someone who is having a same sex marriage? Um, Me and Connie have gone back and forth over that a lot. And uh, I I think there was, I think the very first one we declined. And then since then we've done two of them, but um, I don't know. I'm curious. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't see. It's hard. It's really hard. And here's why, because like you said, well, okay, then just substitute same-sex marriage for something else because there's like a bazillion things that we all support. Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of things that we, you know, I think Starbucks you know, has those, whatever. whatever. There's like people that boycott yep. certain companies because of their opposing beliefs. And it's like the reality is like, I mean, everything we do today is probably has opposing views that we have, right? Yep. You watch Netflix, you shop at Wayfair, you whatever, you know, you buy your Starbucks, like all these things, like all these companies in some way or another oppose us. So... I'm open to what you have to say. I don't, I don't know, honestly. It hasn't yeah. been hasn't happened enough for me to really, really figure it out. But um, I think I denied one and did two, and mm. I just I, I honestly don't know the right thing to do. That's interesting. But so I was talking to someone, um, actually in the industry, who knows I'm a Christian and who's not really a Christian. Mm. Uh, and uh, we happened. He's another, they're another vendor. He he was this, this company, and uh, we like I saw him there, and, and this guy I kind of know from the industry, not super well, and he was like, oh, I'm surprised you're doing this wedding. And I kind of felt a little like Oof. interesting. Yeah, like should I not be doing the wedding? Like I didn't know, and mm. the guy hardly knows me, right? But he just knows I'm a Christian, so I don't know. So I think there's there's two different questions here that are a little bit tied together. That's important to to separate. But one being. Should you be forced to provide products or services mm-hmm. to people with opposing views? So that's that's no. I think we've that's agreed. that's no. I think everyone can I, agree. I agree. Yes. No, but I think not everyone wants to accept again the applications to themselves. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad when someone does deny you business mm-hmm. because of your Correct. values and virtues. Go find someone else. That's fine. This is why we we like and we have a capitalistic market. The second one being, should you provide mm-hmm. products and services to someone with opposing what, views? Yeah. And this is still under the question, right, of religious freedom, I would say? I think so. I think it's more and more becoming uh, an issue. Like in my personal dilemma, what do you think? Not even in general, just like knowing me, right? Like for me, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't don't have a a fully formed thought, so I'm not going to like stand one or the other yet. I think the way that I'm leaning and I think my, my default would be would be essentially yes like to provide products and services with people to people who have opposing views because i think that that's one i think it's an opportunity to to love someone and show uh support for who they are as a person not necessarily the way they behave or identify Mm -hmm. um but i also just think i mean it's a really slippery slope because again insert or uh, replace same sex same sex weddings with people who are sleeping together before marriage mm-hmm. or people who curse or people who have stolen, like people who steal things or who lie, like then you're, you're really, uh, 
like who do you do business with? It to be touches honest. every box, yeah. Right. So I'm I'm not really sure, but that's the way I'm thinking about it. Okay. I'm always I'm along the same lines, but I don't know. I mean I'm open to like someone else. Yeah. Who has an opinion, you know? I mean personally, I think that that's uh and that that's so, why I think that it's an issue for why people would get mad if a if a business denies them uh their products or services. Because I think that you should by default and it's it's sort of a judgment in a way if you if you don't. People should always have the freedom of choice, but I think that most of the time people should even if they have radically different because it is um, an opportunity to have a conversation, to get to know them, to break down barriers and obstacles and walls. Um, I think unless the cause is like so tangibly negative, I mean like you wouldn't uh, create a website for like a terrorist group or organization or even that line gets a little bit blurry between like, well, what if it's an abortion clinic? I don't know if I would. I probably wouldn't. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of talking myself question. out of yeah, my own. Exactly. <laughs> my own <laughs> I can see backtracking. Yeah, it's a hard question. Oh, so. man. It doesn't mean, um, you know, it depends on, I think, the scenario, like the situation. Like, I think if it's, I think if you're, if you're like scared for like let's say it's a business right so let's say you're scared for money and you you like you want to take the opportunity for business and you just don't want to turn away like the money i think that's a different issue but i think if it's just a matter of like are you okay with like like you said having an opportunity to, to work with these people and to be close with them and to hope maybe have a chance to influence them or to share what you believe whatever i think that's that changes the equation a little bit hmm. but that's a tough one uh and i might have even kind of conflated this into something that it's not because i think the bigger question is, uh, should you be forced to? And I think the answer is no. Should you? I think that's a gray line. And maybe something that you take case by case and you yeah. uh, you pray about and let the Lord guide you. I don't know. Like, but I think for the first the, one might be a little, little more like just dry or a little more just uh, sort of clear cut and objective. Cut you know? and dry, yeah. Uh, I think the second one's a bit more just kind of depends. Yeah, it kind of depends. Again, that one's more like the choice for you, right? Whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. I don't. Th- I wouldn't say there's like a clear right or wrong for that one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's interesting. the The tangible example I had in my mind was um, there's a company uh, in the marketing and software space called Hotjar, who someone found out that basically a Trump, I think it was maybe like the official. Trump campaign merch store was using Hotjar to help them basically like get more sales and stuff. And, uh, and so they called them out on Twitter and said, you know, how could you let this, you know, organization or company, uh, like basically they're saying like, by you providing products and services to them, you are advancing their mission and therefore like supporting them. And they were saying, like, how dare you, basically, without really even, like, asking or questioning, you know, what that organization or the CEO or leadership of the organization really does believe or value. And it was a whole big thing. Went viral. Everyone, you know, outcry. Everyone cancel your hot jar subscription. It's a trash company. and Get rid of them. And they eventually backtracked. They removed them as a customer, and everyone seemingly was okay. You know, they weren't, like, canceled 
at least not completely. Um, but that's interesting because again, it's, this is the people saying that, that you should not, mm-hmm. you know, support or give products and services to, uh, someone with different values and beliefs, but should they be forced to not, or should be, should they be forced to, because on the flip side, I mean, that's where the whole controversy came from is there was an outcry about, uh, wedding vendors not providing services to same sex marriages. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then like you can't have both, you know, you can't have it, can't have it both ways. Yeah, you know, at least for me, back to the wedding thing, I think, like, there's a lot, like, it, it's kind of far-reaching. So, like, a lot of times, like, like a coordinator will come to me and, and say, hey, I have this this couple, you know, can they give a quote, whatever. And so, um, like, what happens if these coordinators come to me and say, hey, I have this couple, just so you know they're same sex, like, do you do that? And when you start saying no, like, that could easily cut off those relationships, too, you know? So, yeah. there's a lot to think about. And I think it becomes down, if the decision is, okay, I'm not going to do same-sex marriages, then I can't be, like, afraid of, like, the, re- the repercussions. So that means right. that I terminate certain connections, then that's what I have to do. Yeah. And I think that that kind of goes back to, like, the framework of, like, your faith and just trusting, like, okay, then God will provide in, in different ways, you know? So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I brought up, like, if your decision on whether you service them or not is based on like the money and like the business, then I think you have it wrong. But if it, yeah. if you're not worried about that, cause you trust you're going to be provided for, but you make your decision based on something different than that. And I think that again, changes it. So, yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, people need to be aware and prepared that they might be persecuted, mm-hmm. like literally in the form of a smaller paycheck. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, uh, to take joy in that and that it's a blessing. And so I think people should start treating that way. If that's the way you want to go, then don't whine about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but uh, it's a good thing. I mean, if that's what the Bible says, and if you're going to do that, then you have to accept it. That's the way the cookie crumbles, you know? That's the way the cookie crumbles. All right. Well, good discussion. Good. uh, Part one. Part one. That's right. We'll be back. So tune in for part two next week. Um, Please plan on voting. We'll give you more information then and uh, talk soon. Yes.